Frequency. Blog Talk Radio. Gotta correct the spelling on that. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Jane Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis. I'm so excited. This is Book Talk brought to you by MJ Network in memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce. And we have the author of one of my top books for this year, Deadly Ties, and which you learn about Sheriff Jack Turner, I love this guy, is learning to live again, holding tight to the hope of reconciling with his FBI agent ex-wife. The wary man is determined to keep his focus on his coastal Oregon community. This guy, everybody needs a Sheriff Jacks. And after concerned brother requests welfare checks, Jack is troubled to find the absence snuff stuff surf shop owners tracks lead to a pool of blood and the author is here mary good morning welcome to mj network i'm so excited <laughs> good morning i'm so happy to be here fran i am so glad we're here so sheriff jacks everybody needs one like him he doesn't stop until he gets it done that's what i love about him and he doesn't take any any guff but he does it honestly. So tell about his backstory and how did he come to Misty Pines and maybe he wants to come up here. Hey, we need him here, don't we? Um, you know, he was actually a Portland homicide detective and Misty Pines is about 80 miles um, coastline. So Portland is more inland. And that's where he started his career. He was, you know, a beat cop and then he became a homicide detective. But things were, you know, he, Jack's learned pretty quickly. He liked to be the master of the, his universe a little bit. He didn't take authority really well. And he'd met Abby, uh, who was an FBI agent. And so they decided to go to a quieter life, or so they thought, in Misty Pines. And he became the sheriff there. And, uh, yeah, so, but he has had his troubles there, too. He, you know, wherever you go, there's always somebody above you. And so, you know, there, there's some relationships that are still strained there. But, you know, for the most part, he likes, he likes his role there at, at Misty Pines. I'm just looking to make sure that I have the right questions because I did rework them. <laughs> so if I ask something and just tell me that it's wrong, I'll just I'm searching on my phone again because <laughs> I have like ten thousand questions. So tell us about Abby and tell us about Trudy. I don't want to well, say Abby, about what. <laughs> well, Abby is uh, Jackson's ex-wife. And she's an FBI agent, and she plays a pretty major role in in this book. Uh, she has her own case going, and she has some of her own issues going with her mother in this uh, novel. Her mother has Alzheimer's. Um, she's mm. had to put her into a memory care home, which really rides mm. on her guilt. Uh, she wants to be a better daughter, but she also has to work, and her mother needs more care than she can can uh, give her. And um, so, you know, we've got her working a case, and she'll be working a case alongside of Jack, which is he's doing the missing surf shop owner, and Abby finds a severed, her mother finds a severed foot. So we've got a 
we got a case right on right away <laughs> that that's going to put them together. And then Trudy, she's the one that truly runs the show in the in the sheriff's station. She's a little bit older. She makes sure Jack uh, is crossing his T's and dotting his eyes, and uh, he, she doesn't take too much, you know, lip from him. So she she's his assistant, but really she's running the show. She's running all of them, the deputies and Sheriff Jacks, and she's also Abby in Abby's ear. She's like a mom figure. Okay, I found the right questions. Now I'm impressed with myself oh. too. <laughs> I didn't want to ask. Oh my God! So. I, I love Jax. Why is he so despondent? Who was Lulu? And at the beginning, he decided that he wanted to really take his wife, which is not good. Yeah, so that's in the first book, right, where we finally, yeah. when we meet Jax, yeah, that he's, he's really despondent. He, You know, Jax thinks he needs to do everything perfectly. And, of course, when his daughter, and that's who Lulu was, his daughter, um, had leukemia, he need, he felt like he had to fix that, oh, and he couldn't, and he didn't, and so he lost her, and that has just always played on him that he he didn't get that right, um, and so that's why we that's where we find him at in the beginning novel. Um, thankfully, in Deadly Tides, he's he's come back from that. He's a little bit more centered, and he's processing that grief a little bit better than he had in the beginning. Well, let's see, Abby's mother. Edward finds it, and that's kind of scary because since, since she's got dementia, I lived with that for 10 years with my mother. Tell us about Dora yeah. and her dementia. Yeah, my mother would get lucid, and then she would come up with some really cool language. You never knew what she was <laughs> going to say. And my sister and my brother couldn't handle it, and I used to crack up and go, Ma, you're getting a timeout for that one. So how did, how did she deal with the dementia and coming to the nursing home? Yeah, I think, you know, that's part of the backstory that you don't necessarily yeah. see, but, you know, it was a progression, um, and Abby had I, had kind of cared more for her mother in the beginning, but as she could see that she would wander off, um, that she would get into these temperaments of dissatisfaction, and then she would walk off, and then she'd have to try to find her. And, of course, that's been happening even at the care center, because She's kept mm-hmm. her close, but it's really more, it's not quite what Dora needs. Dora really needs something that's a whole lot more, um, you know, locked up <laughs> so that she can't walk out. Uh, and because really, it's not so much a memory center; it's more of a senior living center. And so yeah. they're not really structured for this kind of care. And so, it, yeah, it's it really weighs on Abby because it's it's not quite what her mother needs, and yet. Being close is what Abby needs, right? She wants her mother close so that she can be there when these things happen. And, and of course, and this is that she kind of didn't get the message in time, and now Dora's been missing for a little while at the beginning of the book. Where, you know, we don't know where Dora's at in the beginning. So. Well, I remember when my mother found out that she had Alzheimer's, she was you know, pretty coherent, and she made me sign this uh, notarized letter that I wouldn't put her in a nursing home. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for real. I said, Ma, you mean yeah. to say I'm stuck with you? She said, well, just <laughs> promise me. I said, not if you give me a hard time. <laughs> but it's a true story. So yeah. How did, I know it's so hard did, because you want the best, right? It's really hard because I couldn't go anywhere for eight years. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So how did Abby finally get the foot? 
And what about this care facility? You know, I've I've been to I went I went to every single one before I decided that I would never put her in there. So how did she get the foot? And tell us about this care facility. Is there any place that anybody would really want to go? Well, I think if you were didn't weren't quite as progressed as Dora, it wasn't necessarily horrible. Um, but it was they they had limited options. So that was part of that. Um, and again, Abby thought she could control it a little bit because she was close. Um, unfortunately, she finds out that you know you don't have control over these things too much sometimes, and so. Um, and as far as the severed foot, that you know she does find her mother out on the beach, mm-hmm. and that yeah. is, and Dora has found that severed foot, and so um, so then of course it quickly becomes into Abby's possession, and she makes the phone call to Jack Turner and lets him know what she found. So who is Terry Chesney, and what's his backstory? Yeah, so Terry is the brother, or is the individual who's missing. Um, he had been speaking with his brother, Gerard, the night before, and all of a sudden he heard a sound out in his garage, and um, he went out to investigate, and then he never calls his brother back. We find out later that, of course, uh, Terry was a, a local surf legend. He not only owns the surf shop and is a master craftsman of surfboards, um, he was an actual surf legend and won many awards. In fact, part of what makes his crafting so amazing is that he had an injury uh, during one of those surf competitions, and he designed a board specific to somebody who uh, needed more stability out on the water. And that puts his, uh, in, in current times, he has some big corporations interested in his designs. Uh, but Terry's a, you know, minimalist mm. a little bit, and he's an, an artist, and he doesn't really have much interest in all of that. So um, he just likes to, to surf and, and build. That's what he likes to do. Well, that's interesting, too. So yeah. what do they what do they, what they, what do they think did something happen to him, or are they not sure about what anything, what happened to anybody? Yeah, I think that's part of it. In the beginning, they do a search yeah. out in the woods, you know, and trying to figure out what's happened, and they stumble upon a pool of blood, but of course they don't really know that it's whether it's Terry or not because they don't find his body. Um, they found another body yeah. at, the, uh, at the bottom of the cliff, but it is not Terry. And so they're not really sure in the beginning what has happened, but they have to presume that it's probably not good because they do find some evidence from Terry's house out near that area. So they, they presume he was there. Um, the question is what happened and, and who did, did the harming. I know that's sad. So yeah. the next one. Um, who's who is who else is in this story that would have a part in this particular one? Who is uh, I'm looking at my red questions. Yeah, who is uh, Jax? Who is um, no, not Jax. Who is Wal- uh, uh, Walter? Yeah, Walter was the homeless man that they find yeah. um, at the base. Yeah, and he was living in the woods, um, and he had a. Uh, a, a girlfriend, Lois, they, they they begin to look for a little bit in, not in, so much in earnest, but just trying to find if she might have seen something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they don't know if it, he was in a, you know, wrong place, wrong time, um, you know. So they just don't know about him, what, what part he played. And, and that part plays into the mystery of 
you know, what was he part of the what happened to Terry? They just don't have a clue at this point. Now that I found the right questions, I'm gonna hear. Okay. <laughs> what? What? I can't. I have like five sets of your questions. So, tell us, <laughs> what happens when Tar Marks tells him to hire another deputy and a yes. girl? Not bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Troy is. You know, he's he was in book one too, right? He's the commissioner. And yeah. he's that uh, authority I was mentioning that no matter where Jack goes, somebody's always in charge. Well, Troy, Troy is that guy. And they butt heads quite a bit um, anyway, just because, you know, with Jack and his authority stuff. But Troy wants him to – well, Troy wants to expand the town. He wants the town to be bigger. He wants more tourists to come mm-hmm. in. He wants more money. And so he's telling, you know, um, Jack, you need to hire – you need to hire a deputy because, you know, he's missing a deputy. There's one short, uh, and he's only got volunteers. So he needs a full-time deputy to, to back him up. And so Rachel, we meet Rachel. Rachel comes in, and um, he ends up uh, uh, interviewing her for the job. And, yeah, and that's amazing because basically you don't know if they want a female or a male. And the fact that you picked a female and her dog. As a deputy, yes. that's that's important. So what's it the is, and, you know, they have some backstory. Oh, go ahead. I know that's the, that's the point, and that's what I love. But I love dog. I love dogs. Yeah, it's sad. Gotta have koa. Well, explain the importance of the blueprint. Yeah, so that was the design I was mentioning. So Terry's mm-hmm. got this, you know, great design that the corporations are wanting, and um, according to Terry's employee, uh, you know, they he Terry went home with a set of blueprints for that particular mm-hmm. design, and then all of a sudden those blueprints don't seem to be anywhere on the premises, nowhere mm-hmm. in the vehicles. So part of what Jack believes could have happened is, you know, somebody was after those blueprints. So it seemed pretty important to Jack, you know, like is this having something to do with why why Terry is missing. So he thinks, you know, they, they're connected. So that's what that's what the importance is. Well, that, that happens a lot, doesn't it? If you don't have mm-hmm. the exact um, blueprint, but if you don't have it copyrighted, I learned that with books too. If you don't have it copyrighted and you just give it to somebody to edit, they could steal it. That I know. Yeah. It doesn't happen that yeah. often, but you never know. So obviously his design was his design, but somebody decided that they could do better. That's not right. Good. You just never good. <laughs> so tell us about Margaret Coleman. Who is she and what part does she play? Now that I have the right ones here, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Marco um was well Marco has recently moved into the area and she lives up on the mountain where Terry lives as well. Um mm-hmm. and she runs into Jacks uh during a routine stop as as he's, you know, trying to see who might have heard something up there on the mountain. But Marco is, was actually Abby and Jax's nurse to, to Lulu at the cancer hospital for the children's mm. cancer hospital. And so they have history. Immediately he's like, oh, I know you, you know, type of thing. And, um, you know, he always, what we'll find out as the book progresses is that she kind of mm. liked Jax. Like she had a thing for Jax a little bit. So, um, and that may or may not, put Abby a little bit on the defensive, like, well, wait a second, you know, 
you always had kind of eyes for my husband a little bit, you know, so I think that makes things, uh, adds a little tension there. Well, that's women don't care. If they want to they make your life miserable, they're going to do it. So and yeah, I, I yeah. have my faith that, you know, Abby's not going to tolerate anybody trying to steal Jax, but then, you know, she doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't have a hold on her if he no. doesn't do something about it. Open your eyes, people. They don't care. <laughs> so who is Scott it's Evans, true. and why does he come to the station? Uh, oh, Sean Evans, yes. So Sean, well, okay, so... Sean, yes. Um, Yes, so Jax's team has brought in a uh, suspect who is um, has something of Terry's, is in possession of something of Terry's, and so they bring him in, and he's a, he's an 18-year-old kid. And Sean Evans was the leader of a youth program, kind of a get-straight program mm. type of thing for kids, and Scott was one of his boys. And Scott called Sean to come in and, you know, bail him out basically um and so sean shows up at the station and gives you know gives a little bit of backstory to jacks about scott and that he was a kid that just you know had it rough and had parents that didn't really uh participate in his life and so he's had a rough go of it and hoping that maybe jacks will go a little easier on the kid um and you know that's that's kind of his role in the beginning well, then we have another interesting character. Who is Dylan? Hmm. Hmm. Well, Dylan, you met last in the first book, and he is the yeah. son of Troy Marks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. anytime Dylan gets involved, Troy starts getting a little bit uh, frustrated with uh, with Jack because he thinks that Jack has it out for his son, and you know, with good reason. Dylan's got his issues. He's not a he's not the perfect kid. Um, and and you really see that in the first book, but you know in the second book, you know he has he's growing up a little bit, right? Everybody changes in Misty Pines a little bit, um, and he has some key information which I don't want to really go into too much on you know for spoiler alerts, but you know he definitely plays a part. He knows Scott, um, so you know he has a, he has a whole set of stories that he he's got a lot of information for Jack that that slowly comes out. He's, yeah, well, you he's don't a want scared that. kid, too. He doesn't like to dump it all out at one time. Now, Scott's not a nice guy, so he links Dylan to the robberies and blames him for a whole lot more. Why? I mean, if you can well, put it on somebody else, why not? Right. That's it, right? Yeah, he he doesn't want to go down alone. I think that's the thing, mm. right? He's, that's his big thing. He's just, he's a, he's not used to taking responsibility as sometimes those, 18-year-old boys are like, you know, well, a lot of people in life, mm-hmm. I suppose. So he just figures he's just going to take you know, take a couple people down with him on the ship, I think is kind of how he works. So luckily Jax is smart. You know, he, he makes sure he investigates. Yeah. He doesn't just take the word of one person ever. So, Well, he investigates in a very unique way, and he actually gets the job done because he's not going to stop even if he has to do something unorthodox. Which is really even better. So yeah, you, you always. Right. Everybody needs a Jacks because they don't get any of that up here. Forget that. So what happened between him and Riley? Uh, Riley is the is an owner of a second surf shop, but this is yeah. in a different town. So West Shore sits about twenty miles west of Misty Pines, 
And they, they interlink in a lot of ways because it's sort of like Misty Pines is a tiny little town and, and then West Shore is more of the bigger city, although it's not much bigger, but it is, you know, it, ha- it has a little bit more of a full force. Um, so Jax goes there to to talk to him about what he might know about those, you know, blueprints. Because if anybody had an invested interest or or who had the ability to take advantage of a design, might be another surf shop owner. And uh, turns out Riley was also a, a former competitor of Terry. So they have a long history, Terry and Riley, of, of being surf competitors and then surf shop competitors. So there's history there. And so Jax is curious to see if it, you know, if it might have led to murder. You just never know. So when Abby's partner wants, huh, he doesn't like that, to go out for dinner with him, uh, he get, when Abby's partner wants to go out for dinner with uh, Jax, she gets bent out of shape. How come? I don't blame oh, her. Oh, when Abby's partner wants to go? Um, yeah. Yeah. She just, uh, yeah. Well, Abby has a partner, Oleg. We get to meet Oleg, too. We have a yeah, couple I of like characters Olek. in the book. Yeah, Oleg is kind of cool, right? Um, yeah, so he has I like a thing him. for Abby. Yeah, and Jax, of course, isn't too thrilled um, that he, that he wants to go out to dinner uh, with Abby. Um, he thinks Abby should be working the case with him, and so I think that you know, I think that's attention. You right? you see a, a few triangles happening here in the book. Um, we've got Margot, Jax, and Abby, and we have Abby, Oleg, and Jax. So you know. Um, we're, we're testing whether Abby and Jax are serious or not serious or whether they will they or won't they, right, um, get mm-hmm. back together sort of thing because they have these outside influences. You have to put a picture of him on the cover next time for the next one. <laughs> Everybody wants to know what Jax is. So who is Garrett and what does Garrett learn from Lisa? There's a whole bunch of people well, here. Yeah, so Garrett's one of the three deputies um, of the mm-hmm. Misty Pines. We have Garrett, Brody, and Matt. And Garrett is the one that wants to be a cop, though. He, you know, the others yeah. are deputies, but Garrett, Garrett really wants to be a police officer. Uh, he wants mm. to work in the big city. Um, and Lisa is Terry's quote-unquote girlfriend. Um, mm. And we're going to learn that perhaps they were a little bit on the outs. Terry and Lisa were a little bit on the outs. Um, and in particular, because he she thought that Terry was seeing somebody else. And so uh, that's what Garrett learns, is maybe there was something going on with somebody else. So there might have been a little love triangle going there, too. <laughs> we got triangles everywhere. These guys are having too much fun. These girls better to get a checklist. <laughs> I I my sister so. used to do that to me. If I had a date and she really didn't like it when she walked in, she brought out the, the Marsha Wallach checklist. And they had to answer the questions for the for the for real for the checklist. If they didn't pass, she told them to leave. I'm serious. Oh my goodness. Maybe they need to do Rough that. Rough crowd. The truth. <laughs> I love it. When 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 Jackson invites Margot to dinner, the discussion starts. And why does she like get upset? Poor thing. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, originally Jax just wanted coffee. Um, he just wants to. So. He, Abby is starting to think that maybe Margot's involved, but Jack, or Jack mm-hmm. thinks that Mar- Margot could be involved. But Abby's kind of blowing him off a little bit about it, and mm. so he wants to assess the situation in a non-threatening manner. And sometimes, you know, 
the best laid plans, right? So he thinks, yeah. well, we'll just go and we'll have an easy conversation. This will go, no problem. Well, unfortunately, Margot thinks they're on a date. And the, so when, he, when she wants to go back to his place or have, you know, vice versa, uh, and he says, no, she misread the information. And so, of course, now she's upset because she thinks that she was led on a little bit. And so, unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but, you know, she was Well, she wants to annoyed. believe it. It gives mm-hmm. her a reason to get upset. And to have a fit, right. poor thing. Oh, tough. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> yes. And un- unless Mary picks you the right girl for Jax, you're not getting them. So forget it. That's it. <laughs> That's right. I'm in total control. So, <laughs> so I'm going to skip the next two questions and then bring them back again. Rachel and Koa, the dog, I love them. How does she? Yeah. He created this great team, and she's great. So, what benefit did he have by have by hiring her? Because he wasn't sure at first, and then he realizes he'd be making a mistake if he didn't do something to keep her. Yeah. So they've got history. Um, Rachel mm-hmm. is the daughter of his former partner, Jameson, mm-hmm. and what he's really looking for, you know, he's he's kind of like I can do it myself sort of kind of guy. Um, but he really realizes that having somebody he can trust um, is is of the utmost importance. And I think in the beginning when he's not sure about Rachel, it's more that he doesn't trust his own gut. It's not that he wouldn't trust her because he's known her since she was a little kid and she'd bounce off his stomach, you know, type of thing, like mm-hmm. when you're running up to him and Uncle Jack's sort of a feel. Um, but, you know, he doesn't trust himself to make the right decision because he's had some – ones that didn't work out so well for him in the past. Um, but once he realizes that she's got his back and that Koa could be an asset to the team as well, because um, she's a she was a police dog flunky that became a search and rescue dog. So, you know, she's in the in the wooded area of the Oregon coast, there's some benefit to having Koa as well. Um, and so that's why he, he ultimately decides Rachel needs to be part of their team. Well, you created, let me tell you, a very unusual, um, I'm not going to say what it is, way that somebody got killed. How did you create that? Because that, that's that been in some one or two books that I've read, and I'm going like, what? <laughs> I said, well, I'm not going to say what it is. I have both sets of questions in front of me. So I was like, oh, my God, how did, how did you, why did you decide on that particular thing as a murder weapon? That's brilliant. Um, you know, it just, I'm not sure how I decided it. It just seemed to fit. Um, it, you know, the death, I can say, I can say that the the heart was involved, um, Mm -hmm. you know, right? (laughs) And so, um, you know, I think it just played a little bit into the theme of the book a little bit without telling too much. But, you know, it just, it just seemed to fit. Right? So I'm a pantser when I write, and so a lot of times I don't have a lot of pre-thought, but as I'm writing mm-hmm. and my fingers are moving around the keyboard, you know, the thought just kind of enters my head, and I'm like, you know, that could work. That's it. That's the one to go with. So <laughs> that's how we – and then I start planting the seeds as I, as I continue through the rest of the chapters and um, building on that. Well, the chapters are interesting, and, you know, I've been reading too many books. No, really. I read four of them. Despite the fact that my I had the other issue, issue, it didn't stop me from reading. 
If anything stops you from reading, I've read some really unusual ones this week. And wait till everybody sees, by the way, everyone, next month, I'm not going to tell you who's making them because she's phenomenal. The 2023 Just Reviews Awards will be announced in December. That's all I'll say. Can't tell you more. Cool. (laughs) I do that. I I don't know why. I just, you know, I realized that Kirkus gives awards. I said, but I've been doing this for forever. I could do the same thing. So you could. I, I try. Anyway, um, who is? Tell us what happened to Trudy. uh, What happened to Trudy? And tell us more about Frank. And then something very interesting about Alzheimer's that I see. Yeah. Um, well, Trudy, uh, I don't want to give too much away about Trudy, but yeah. let's just say she has she has a moment um, that puts her in the hospital. Mm. And Frank is her husband. And, uh, you know, this is the first time you get to meet Frank. And, you know, we always think Trudy's the one in control, but, you know, Frank is a little bit of the tru- Trudy tamer, <laughs> you know. Yeah. They have a longstanding marriage. Um, and he, he lets... Trudy, his wife, his wife, you know, boss him around. But when she tries to get out of the, you know, there's a point where she's like, let me out of here. And he's like, oh, no, you don't. I'm in charge now. So you know, we get to see Trudy in a little bit different dynamic, um, which she's not used to necessarily. But um, And, of course, this incident that brings her into the hospital puts everybody, you know, they're not used to not having Trudy in charge. So it throws the entire team off for sure. Um, and makes them even more determined to get to the end of this this case. Well, I, there's a law when I read a book, by the way, and I like to kill off major characters, people. And <laughs> the last couple of, yeah, the last one I just read, I go, you have to be kidding. How could you do this to me? When they kill yeah. off somebody that matters. Yeah, Philip Mongolin did that in one of the book, the books that came before this. And I said to him, I said, how could you do that? Oh, crap, don't tell me the the screen just went black. Oh, that's better. Don't do this to me. Oh, I'm going to have a fit. I have to call back in again. You can hear me, right? I know. I can hear you fine. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm back. This this has been happening a lot. My computer hates me. And there's certain times it doesn't update and I scream at it. Don't do that again, people. Okay, so why the tension between Jax and Abby? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't get get gets worse at one point. Yeah, well, because you know they do have that history. Um, Abby doesn't trust Jax to some degree, and I think that's part yeah, of her him. her thing. Yeah, I mean, he he wasn't there for her when she needed him um, in the beginning when they lost their daughter, and it's going to be a long road back. And in as much as you know, she. She cares for Jack. She's afraid as well to open up to him again. And and even though he looks like he's changed, will it will it stick? She doesn't know. And so she's that's part of her mentality as they're kind of working these two cases because Abby's got her own case. I mean, there's the severed foot, and then she's yeah. working a case of a missing man in West Shore. And then we have Jax, who's looking for a surf, shot, surf legend in Misty Pines. And they both have some theories. Um, and Abby thinks she's right, <laughs> and Jax isn't maybe right. And so there's there's that tension of like, you know, maybe I don't trust your opinion on this. I'm going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm FBI. You're a small town sheriff. 
So I think there's some of that going on. And that that just creates the tension. And then, of course, we've got, you know, she thinks this other woman likes Jax and that Jax might have a thing for this other woman. Of course, that adds tension, you know. So lots of layers going on. I just got a phone call. I had to tell the person I can't talk to them. Too bad. So <laughs> this this is interesting. My mom, like I said, had Alzheimer's. So where does Dora wind up? And then out of nowhere, and this happens, this is true, people. Out of nowhere, she remembers something, and then she forgets. And my mother yeah. was the same way. It was scary what she used to do to me. <laughs> And then she would say to yeah. me, how come you're, you're, you're wide and you used to be skinny? I'm 103 pounds. <laughs> that, that's a, a medical person. He could wait. Um, what research went into doing this book, and how did you create the scenes with Dora? Yeah, so I definitely, you know, my mother had dementia as well. So, I mean, I do have some yeah. personal history to that. Um, she wasn't as progressed. Uh, when we lost her a year and a half ago. She wasn't as far along like Dora was. But, you know, I've had some of that. And, you know, just, you know, just kind of from what I've read in the past, you know, since some of it was just personal information Mm. I had on the subject matter more as I was researching for my mother, um, Mm. I was able to use some of that in the current stuff. And, And it does. I mean, it absolutely does happen. And, um, yes. And then as far as the other research, you know, I like with the severed feet angle in the in the story, you know, that is something that happens here in the Pacific Northwest. And I yeah. I have a, a police officer I work with that was able to provide some great information and some, there's lots of articles. So, you know, it's just a lot of digging, right, a lot of reading and digging in to see what I could find. Well, that's what I did when I wrote the book, A Daughter's, Child, Daughter's Promise About My Mother. I had to call Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's agencies, but you often wish that you could get a police person, you know, to help you, and it's yeah. not that easy, not up here anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you did a lot of research, but before I forget, next Wednesday, hopefully the system will love me again, the Medusa murders. On the 20th, I am, like, absolutely thrilled. John Didakis will be here with Fast Check, except that he's going to talk about Working with Wolf Blitzer on the situ in the Situation Room and on CNN, for real. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God! He asked for the interview. Who am I to tell him no? The twenty first, <laughs> Philip Margolin, and on the twenty seventh, one of my favorite children's authors in the world, Deb Hockenberry, will be here with a Christmas special, Elves for a Day, and that's just November, December. If you have a book coming out, people, you better tell me because I got nothing until February, for real. So I, 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 this is really keeps me busy. So how did you create? Why two epilogues, and how did you create the first one? Um, well, so I think there's two parts to it. There was really the aftermath of what happened to the book in the book. Um, the the wrap-up of the scene. Um, And then there really was the letting go of, of, I think, the last part. The last epilogue, the very last lines of the book, really spoke to me about um, letting people and grief go and honoring Mm. those who had had passed. Um, 
yeah, I really loved the epilogue scenes of this book in particular. It just, it worked, I thought, to just wrap everything up very nicely. But two sections, right, because there really is what what truly happened to Terry. We, that's what we find out. And how we write the mm. world in Misty Pines and then how Jax honors those who were lost. So, and I was, well, you know, well, it's fun about that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's hard. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say was, my husband, you know, is Hawaiian. So I was able to use some of that Hawaiian culture, um, surf mm. culture, in the at the very end of the book. And that was part of uh, what I loved about this book as well. That's, that, that, is, that is great. That is really important. And the fact that you had uh, your book has a lot of hands out people. I don't keep the books; I give them away. And the people, I, I, I get stopped in the elevator. What do you got? Did you leave anything out? <laughs> what, what don't you? I've got about twenty books over here staring at me, saying, you know, my, my dermatologist wants them, but I give them to my UPS guy and to the people in the building that want them, and they appreciate the okay. fact that they don't have to pay for books. So I, I just give them the ones that, like yours, that I feel, are, you know, I want to give them. Because by the time yeah. I finish reading your book, did I destroy this one? Not too bad. <laughs> I, I underline, circle, and I, and I cross out and whatever. But you can pretty much read this, even though the underlines are on the side, because I use that just with questions. I mean, that's going to be on the show. And the other ones are just like, I want to write it in the review. Your review is on Just Reviews. Um, I better tell everybody, and I wasn't going to say anything, but I better. My Amazon ha- uh, account was hacked, for real. And oh, wow. I went to put your review on Amazon yesterday, and they said there's some kind of strange whatever going on. I called Amazon and hit the, hit the, hit the roof, and the girl said, well, straighten it out. Your account is fine. Somebody hacked into it and uh, wrote that I had a complaint about somebody. I don't complain about anybody. Wow. Nothing. People, yeah, people I got need to spend really, more time doing other things. <laughs> yeah, I got really upset. So the, all all the reviews are on Goodreads, people. And on my review side, and hopefully by the end of the week, I'll put the other five or six, whatever, on that. And it's really weird because I had just put one the day before, and they didn't have a problem. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to my pal Troy. Hmm. Will you let Troy add more deputies? What do you think? Does Jax need a bigger a bigger force? You know, I think Troy has big ideas. I'm not sure that they'll completely um, be, you know, show up in the third book. Um, I am working on the third book right now. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be some push to that, but I don't know that I'll have him add too many more at this point. We'll see. Did you send out, do you have something coming out in um, a new series, different series coming out in June or July? I'm not sure. Do you? Yeah, June 4th, um, I have Don't Ask, Don't Follow will be coming out. Um, Yeah, and that will be my first standalone, my first domestic suspense standalone. Two sisters, one of them running away from a murder scene. (laughs) And guess who has a copy of it? Mm-hmm. You do already? Oh, nice. Oh, oh that's up to you. I, I, ha, I know I have it on my shelf somewhere. And I said, oh, wait a minute. This is this is a different series, and it comes out in June. I know. Oman Ocean View loves me. Somebody has to. Oh, nice. And yes, I love Ocean View. Before the book comes out. Great. Yeah, and I, got, I just read Everybody Needs to Read, uh, Leave Without a Trace 
by John uh, A.J. Lando, which is John Land and another author. Um, then this first scene is a, blow, the, a terrorist attack on the Statue of Liberty and a whole other landmarks. And I, I cried when I read the book, but it could happen. It's mm, it's, it's absolutely amazing, yeah. And then my list will come out soon. So are you bringing Rachel and Koa back in the next one? you got to bring them back. I like uh, them. I Oh, I'm absolutely – and I am giving them their own point of view for the third book. Um, yeah, so there's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how they handle they're, – but they're going to be in charge of Misty Pines a little bit on their own while uh, Jax and Abby are are away. So um, that's, I, I don't want to tell you too much, but we will get to see no. a whole lot more of Rachel and Koa. I love so them. So what happens <laughs> – well, how does Jax feel about that, that they're going to take – they're not going to try to become in charge or sheriff. Does he have to run every year for sheriff? Every two years or whatever? Uh, yeah, well, thankfully there's not a whole lot of people, you know, wanting the job, Jones, and for the job these days. Um, but, yeah, I don't really address that too much. He's kind of a, you know, perennial. He <laughs> continues on as sheriff. Um, but, you know, he puts Rachel in charge. He He's purposely leaving for a little bit with Abby. And, uh, and yes, and so he's not threatened at this point by Rachel and Carl. He put him, he put him in charge for a little bit. Well, tell us more about, because I have a few more minutes, tell us more about Misty Pines. Why do people want to live there? It sounds like more people should go live there, because it sounds, just sounds so beautiful. That's why, you know, I, there, nobody puts pictures of places in their books, and I have to close my eyes, and the way you describe it, I could see it. So why would people, why do people come to Misty Pines? You know, I think they come for the simplicity of life. Um, I grew down, grew up at the Oregon coast, and it's a very different culture, Um you know, it, it, the weather is not always great down there. You know, it is a little bit cooler, a little bit rainy. Mm-hmm. But the locals do know that there are enough nice days that, you know, it's worth hanging out for. Um, even even in the winter, we can have, they can mm-hmm. have gorgeous, you know, clear sky days. Um, but it's the simplicity. You know, it's a, a lot of times it's a fishing life. It's, um, you know, family life. A lot of it revolves around the sea and I think Misty Pines you don't I haven't really gone into that direction of it of the book because it's also surrounded by the Cascade Ranges or the um, forest ranges and so um, you know I really focus a lot on the on the forest side of it as well as the ocean side which is you know so I think people just go for simplicity they think it's a quieter town um, of course, my books seem to turn that on its head every so often, and then it's not as quiet as you think. But, um, yeah, so that, I think that's why people go. Well, all I know is that I grew up in the South Bronx, and it was tough growing up. But you know what? When you I was 5 feet tall, and now I'm 103 pounds, but I was huge back then. <laughs> it didn't matter. And growing up in the in the South Bronx is a whole lot different than growing up in a place like Misty Pines, or even going away to the to the Catskills in the summer, which is beautiful and yeah. really nice too. Yeah. And I, I grew up with this. The stores were, and I grew up in a building that had no elevator, and you had to walk up oh. six flights of stairs with my school books. I used to cry every time I had to go up the steps. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and. All Great. the stores, yeah, we, lived, I we lived on top of a beauty parlor and a candy store. I wasn't allowed to eat candy because I was overweight. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I mean, you walked around and you didn't think about it until you had to think about it. People yeah. don't realize that places like Misty Pines are pretty safe. 
And I took a walk one night to meet my friends, and I got um, stopped by some kind of rough guys that were looking at mm-hmm. me. And I, I, yeah, I got scared, but they didn't know it. And I started to speak in different languages because I could speak Hebrew, Jewish, French, and Spanish. So I just started to say the same words in every language, and they just thought I was crazy. And I walked away. <laughs> there you go. That works. It's it's scary. Yeah, well, I taught in a tough school in the Bronx, and it didn't bother me. But, you know, people yeah. don't realize how how beautiful pe- places are, beaches, anything that's that's different. So what's yeah. what's next for you, and where can everybody learn more about your work? And then there's there's one character, if you notice, that I left out. And that was the the, yeah. the person that the yeah, I left that out on I left that out on purpose. So before we ask that, where does Dylan wind up in this? I mean, I, he's he's well, basically yeah. a shop kid. He is, and he yeah. I don't I don't want to because he is he does play kind of a pivotal thing at the towards the end um, with information. Yeah. But I, I think he there's hope for Dylan. That's where we're, that's where Dylan ends up ends up. But there's some hope for the kid. That he, you know, maybe he's not going to be such a terror as an adult. <laughs> that he might actually pull his act together. Um, and I think I think there's hope. And I think that's what I always want for all my characters. That there's hope that things are always going to be better for them. Um, yeah, that they that they are in control in some ways of their destiny, and that they're gonna they can make it right for themselves. So yeah. I don't I don't blame um, them. And then there's a, there are a couple of murders in here. I go like what? <laughs> Not just one, but two. <laughs> yeah, you got a couple yes. of murders in here. Yeah, it's 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 sad. It's really sad. But you know what? It's scary that. And I was watching the news this morning. These people don't care. They just like yeah. kill somebody, and then they say, "Well, I didn't do it." And I think the most the most terrifying thing you didn't you never did a book or a scene with with schools in this in this series, right? With school violence or school or kids going to school in high school. So I would be no. wondering what mm-hmm. kind of what kind of schools Misty Pines has, as considering they're finally after a hundred years figuring out what to do about school safety in Mount Vernon, because there's a lot of uh, it's dangerous, which is really sad. So if you could yeah. create a scene like that, would you include a, um, a principal or anything? Because it would be like different. Yeah, it would be different. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would, you know, if I did. Well, you did I mean, there was a scene that, with that Dylan was pulled out of high school class, you know. Yeah, no, that's school, why. But we don't, yeah, I didn't really go into all of that. Um, you know, it's always going to be whether it, you know, whether it fits what's happening in the current crime or the story. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that even in Misty Pines, the schools feel safe to some degree, but I think that that's, you know, as a writer of murder mystery, that's, it's always about shaking up what the status quo is or where we think it's safe, right? Because that, I mean, it's always an illusion. Even, you know, you can put a fence around your yard. That's just an illusion of safety. It's Wherever you go, it's an illusion of safety to some degrees, you know, because when somebody wants to to ruin the day, they certainly can. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think that's, but that's, you know, you try to live your life as, you try not to think about those things, right? <laughs> just keep going forward. Uh, it's, you do, uh, but you know what's it's really funny is that how do you decide, I've been trying to write something different. And for those people that don't know, we're going to cross our fingers because Mirror Image and the Dead Returned, two books in one, will come out, we think, in January. 
we're not sure. It's as soon as soon as the editor gets to finish the editing, and I said I would be great because it would be the anniversary of when the accusations came back. And mirror image means if you look at your face in the mirror and you've done something wrong, the mirror is going to look back at you as to what you did to somebody else. You're going to look like that if you don't repent. Seriously. Wow. It, I don't That's know why I thought that, but, it, yeah, it's it's different. And the second part yeah. is people that were wrongly accused or whose voices were silent, the ones that I didn't put in silent voices or accusations, get to speak out and tell why they should be heard. I, yeah. I don't know where I came up with this. I, I really was trying to write something different because I don't know about you, but all I've been hearing lately in walking in the bakery or walking in the street is kids and adults saying, I'm entitled. What are you entitled mm. to? What did you do? Yeah, there seems to be a world where everybody thinks everything's coming to them, and I wouldn't know that. And I know that there are yeah. people in my family that expect people to pay for them, and I had to do everything. I've been working since I'm 10, so I don't know. So tell us a little bit more about the third one. And um, Yeah. The title's going to be Killer Track. I believe is is the title, working title. And there's going to be basically three different elements going on. Um, We have Jackson Abbey talking a little bit more about where they're at. Um, And they're going to take a little bit of time away into the forest um, to stay Mm -hmm. at a fire, like an old fire watch station that's now turned into uh, Airbnb. We have a fire Mm -hmm. happening uh, a gas leak fire thing, explosion thing happening in Misty Pines, where there may or may not be mm. a body in the building. And we have a serial mm. killer that has gotten out of prison that Jax and his partner put away um, on a technicality. So we have three different elements that will be coming into play in the book. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, I don't know how they're all coming together yet, but that's uh, that's the basic working parts of the novel at this point. Well, the, I, I, you know, the thought about the fire really interests me because I was watching the news last night, and one, once again, the same places that I had uh, wildfires had them again. And this beautiful mm. town, and they're showing that the whole town is is absolutely horrible, and then they rebuilt it, and I'm saying, why would anybody want to stay there? I mean, it's beautiful, yeah. but it could happen. <laughs> and it bothers me that there's no way... That no one, I said, they have so many committees and teams. Why don't they have one to try to prevent wildfires? Why don't they figure out how to stop it before it starts? It's it's such so tragic. All these people lost millions and millions of dollars worth of property. So when you have a fire in the book, I go like, I I truly hope nobody dies. But usually you can't help that. That's even scarier. Yeah. Well, in murder mysteries, there's always going to be somebody, right? It's it's going to go, but uh, you always hope you can work it in a way that that is not, you know, at least that there's justice at the end. That's always what I always say at the end. Well, it's totally believable. I I read a a murder mystery, I won't tell you which one, and I'm reading another one today, and it takes place in old England in 1851, and I'm reading this and I'm saying, oh, God, why? I'm trying to figure out how to say something about it without saying that and it's unbel- it doesn't make sense and no one in their right mind that's in this particular uh, g- group of people, class, would ever do try to figure out a murder. It's like, why? So fortunately, this is credible. So how do you decide 
what the main theme of the book is before we find out where we can learn more about your books and get all of them from the start, people. Uh, yeah, the theme, uh, you know, the theme kind of comes later, right? Right In the beginning, yeah. it's just getting the story down and just um, getting it from point A to point B and, and wrapping it up. And then I think the theme kind of, it's sort of like it, it comes out of, of the work as you kind of go through mm-hmm. it and you edit it and then you can see the recurring mm-hmm. ideas that you've created. And, you know, I think that's pretty much how that works for me personally. I think every author has his, their way of doing it, but that is mm-hmm. theme is kind of comes, comes towards the end. And then I finesse it as I do my final, you know, if I want to bring a point home or, you know, like I was talking about the triangles everywhere, you know, and the, and things, you know, issues of the heart and, how it all kind of comes together at the end. So where can everybody get all of your books? And if you didn't read Hidden Pieces, get moving. Seriously. <laughs> well, it is. Um, you can go to my website, of course, marykeleyekoa.com, M-A-R-Y-K-E-L-I-I-K-O-A.com. Um, you could go to vintagebooks.com and order online, and I have signed copies that would actually be could be sent out to you if you want a signed copy of the book. Otherwise, um, you can go into your local bookstore, ask for it. I'm everywhere online. Yeah, I'm everywhere. Well, my neighbor wants a signed copy. I just thought I'd tell you. Oh, oh awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's going through a rough time, and any time I can get her a book with, you know, that's really worth reading, but I think so, she says, I want a signed copy of that one, and I wanted one of those. And I said to her, I don't read James Patterson, sorry. I can't get those, but I get everything else. <laughs> so she's, she's standing in line for yours because I told her this morning. She just Aww. texted me. That's awesome. So, so, That's awesome. Oh, well, this has been very interesting. Thank you so much, and thank you, Blog Talk, for not mess, for, for me fixing the system. And I will see you, everybody, next Wednesday, hopefully, for the Medusa Murders. Mary, thank you so much. And if you um, decide you want an interview for the one coming out in June, let me know because for some reason I'm very popular. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And, of course, I would love to come back and talk to you about it. Okay, I will I will email you with dates as soon as I figure my brain out. Everybody, it's <laughs> a beautiful it. day outside. Think positive and bye. Thanks, Fran. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.